Icons of Real Estate, Oregon. Are you ready to learn from the real life experiences and the proven money-making secrets of Oregon's top producers? If you're an ambitious real estate agent in Oregon ready to skyrocket your business, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Maureen Healy, licensed Oregon realtor. Tune in weekly where every guest will have a story to tell and tips to share to help you increase your own business. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO, and your all-inclusive real estate platform, Icons of Real Estate. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Maureen Healy, and I'm the host of the Oregon Icons of Real Estate podcast. I have Cassandra Marks with me today. She is a broker with Real Brokerage, and she's based out of Vancouver, Washington, and also works in Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much, Maureen, for having me. I really appreciate it. I like being here. <laughs> It's it's a fun time. I, I try to make it a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, after our talk the other day, I knew that this was going to be fun. So <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Um, I always like to start with a little bit of background history uh, about how long you've been a realtor and what brought you into this field and, uh, you know, kind of um, start with what you did before and then what made you segue. So I have lived in a bunch of different states and owned homes in pretty much all of them. Um, originally, I bought my first house in 2011, back right after the crash, and at the time was working in corporate America, bought it, and just was pretty much house poor at that time because I was about 26 years old when that happened. Good <laughs> I was like, for you I for buying. That's That's awesome. I wish I had bought at that age. Yeah. And I had, um, I basically the townhouse that I bought, I had two bedrooms and a bathroom and I immediately house hacked them and said, Hey, I got, who wants to move in? Who does not want to pay a thousand dollars a month for an apartment anymore? I got two bedrooms. Nice. <laughs> and so I had friends move in and it was, it was great. I didn't really pay that much. I just covered the HOA and some of the electrical from there. I moved to Denver where I started uh, flipping my second and my third homes. I did that at the time. It was, he was just my boyfriend and fiance. Um, we did two houses out there. Um, we ended up in Denver because I liked it. I'd lived there before and I wanted to go there again. The weather was great. Uh, when I lived there, I worked for a restoration company and pretty much spent my time during the day helping people put their house back to pre-lost condition from any sort of insurance claims and whatnot. And my husband, who we, you know, when we were doing the flipping, he worked in insurance. So he did property claims. He was the one, the insurance claim rep that was out there doing the work. Oh, okay. And, you know, he grew up with his dad as a general contractor. So flipping was, was right away was something that we knew that we were going to do together. And we don't do like large quantities, 40, 50 houses a year. We do, you know, one or two, we'll move in to the house and we'll renovate it while we live there. So there's like usually like a week where we won't have a kitchen. <laughs> a week is, that's pretty good. I've, I've seen people who have started that and have like a year or two later <laughs> still have mm -hmm. not put it all back together. No, the first house we did was a little, I would say it was probably three weeks because we didn't know what we were doing. But since then, like we can pull cabinets and flooring and cabinets on like, say, uh, Friday night. And by Sunday, we're putting the new cabinets in and like, we will have the, the stove back in before we go to bed. That's so, awesome. You got it down to a science. Yeah, we work very well together. We haven't hurt each other yet. I, I well, we haven't. Yes, purposely. I have, lots, <laughs> I have lots of scratches from from our work, but we pretty much do everything. And one day, 
we had come back to Oregon to see, cause he's from Salem and we came back to see his mom and a bunch of his friends and his mom needed help. And so he's like, we need to move back to Oregon. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, I'm like, if we're going to keep renovating houses, I'm like, I'm going to move. I'm not going to get a corporate job. I'm just going to, I'm like, I'm going to get my real estate license and I'm going to start. So we bought a house in Southeast Portland and immediately like two days after moving in started gutting the first bathroom. And I was taking my classes for real estate almost immediately. And the rest is history. Awesome. So, and now you're based in Vancouver. Yes. Yep. So I did, we did, two years, we did two years in Portland. And then in uh, about the fall of 2019, we ended up buying a farm up in Vancouver because I grew up on a farm. So was, that's what I wanted. And uh, we're up here renovating our uh, 1901 farmhouse. It's one of the original homesteads to the area. And it's been a lot of work. Oh, like I a bet. lot more than we expected. <laughs> I am sure. How, how big or like, what kind of land do you have? Um, we only have two and a half acres, but we've got, you know, two, two houses. We've got our house and a manufactured home on our property, which my um, disabled mother that I take care of lives in. And then we've got two barns as well. We've got a 50 by a hundred vegetable garden that my mom loves to spend her summers in and chickens, ducks, geese. So the, the whole, like, I am a farmer thing is real. <laughs> you got the whole homestead going. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, during the pandemic, that's pretty much what I did. I, I gardened a lot and just kind of hung out. <laughs> that's a great way to pass that time. I mean, no. you know, a lot of people were doing nothing or drinking a lot or. <laughs> well, you know. I was doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> margaritas were our uh, fresh fruit margaritas from the garden were our drink of choice most that, days that does sound pretty good um I'm a mojito woman myself Ooh, yeah yeah I got the fresh mint if you need that <laughs> yes it has to be a good one though I've had some bad ones um so what kind of properties do you focus on with your clients do you have some specialties that you sort of gravitate toward or do you do a little bit of everything residential um, I do a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, obviously, since I, I've done renovations and I own a farm, um, I know I know rural properties very well and kind of what people are looking for, um, you know, wells and septics and that kind of thing. But, you know, investors and people that are looking potentially to get into renovating homes, um, because we all know HGTV is not... <laughs> not the best get gauge of how easy it is to flip. And so like, no. I tell people, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And they're like, I'm like mm, we should probably just keep you on the paint level. Uh huh. So yeah, it's fun to watch, but not so realistic. No. And like, when you watch some of them too, like the pricing, we sit and we watch some of the shows and they're like, Oh, it's like 6,000 for a bathroom. I'm like, oh, mm. 12. Yeah, I actually, um, I don't know for you on the masters of real estate Facebook group that we have, but um, somebody mm -hmm. in there was talking the other day, or maybe it wasn't a different local group. But anyway, somebody was saying they were quoted 35,000 for a bathroom and they just about died. And not, you know, not surprised. I, I, I know prices are up all across the board, but that does seem excessive kind of to me, but I guess not if you're hiring everything out. Well, so, I mean, we did when we did so with our our current house it was a four bed two bath and we converted it to a three bed three bath we added we made the um master suite we put a ensuite bathroom in it 
And um, it was this tiny little bedroom that you could barely fit a day bed in. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, that's not a bedroom anymore. That's going to be like a four piece bathroom. And so we bought a freestanding tub. That freestanding tub in 2020 was like almost three grand. And oh, it was like wow. the cheap one. So I can see where $35,000 would easily happen. It definitely could. And if you, you know, are not as handy as you and your husband and you really literally have to hire every single thing out, then it could easily quickly add up to that. Usually it's about double what you would pay to do it by yourself. I've worked with some investors and flippers in the past or people who want to flip. I did a couple of flips myself um, several mm -hmm. years ago, but I always tell people like, it's really fun, but it also is always, always, always going to cost more than you think and take longer than you think always. Oh. And now, I mean, and that was like pre-COVID. So now it's like the costs are even more astronomical than ever. Yeah. At one point, I mean, we were, we were doing renovations completely during, we, I mean, my husband was laid off and he had nothing to, like, he didn't have anything to do. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to renovate the house. And I'm like, okay. And so we would go to the store and we'd get a bunch of stuff and come back and people are like doing all their cute little yard projects. And we're walking out with like just containers of, or just like huge pallets of, of wood and all this they're like what are you guys oh, heavy duty yeah and the it was really bad we stopped for a while because I know the 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 two by four the framing two by fours they're usually like 325 a piece they were 999 we walked in one day I was like nope we're done mm -hmm. yeah. so it, it obviously stuff has come back down but like for a while there yeah it was it was incredibly expensive to do renovation when you're working with your clients, how many or what percentage would you say are flippers or just renovating a home that they're by, like they're looking for a fixer that they want to live in and fix up? Yeah, um, I would say probably like 20 or 30 percent of the people that I work with do that um, just because it is it's been a lot more difficult lately to find those renovating like properties. So a lot of the times it's a first time home buyer that, you know, necessarily can't squish into the $500,000 house. So they go for the like $400,000 house and have to put some work into it. Sure. Um, and I'm always available afterwards to, you know, talk to them, talk through them, send them to whatever type of resource that I can to do things. Honestly, YouTube university is really great. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent a lot of time on there ourselves, just learning how to do different types. I mean, I'm not a plumber. My husband's not a plumber, but we've watched plenty of plumbing videos and we plumbed our bathroom. <laughs> Excellent. Good for you. I mean, you can do that when it's your own house and you know, it's okay. If, and if it's, if it doesn't work, you can fix it, you know, yeah, just go back exactly. and redo it. When you think about your business and your, your goals and your planning, like at the beginning, do you set a goal, like say at the beginning of the year or the end of the prior year to decide like how many transactions do I want to accomplish this year or a dollar amount or a certain number of new clients? How do you plan out your business operations? Um, well, you know, I spent a lot of time. So when I started my business, I didn't know anybody here. And so my whole business, I looked at my husband and I said, you get me one weekend a month. I'm doing open houses. And I did open houses Friday nights, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, every weekend, except for one weekend a month. Wow. And that's a lot. I, I didn't want to spend an arm and a leg because those, as someone who has run a business and run, was a category manager in charge of a lot of, of, of money, I know that you not, not necessarily spending money to make money. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have a lot. I didn't want to go back to corporate America. I also didn't want to go back to bartending mm -hmm. because I can do it, but I don't want to. So I was like, what is the way, what's a surefire way 
to, for me to start my business. And it was, it was open houses and getting in front of people that way. And once I'm in front of people and just talking to them, like a lot of the times, you know, you can have a conversation on the phone or send them an email or they get a postcard, like they don't want to talk to you. They, you know, but once they meet you and they know you're a real person and you can connect and just have a conversation with someone. Um, and I think that's really where my business has grown. And I spend a lot of time with my clients and talking to them, um, you know, people that bought houses for me years ago, I still talk to them like at least once a quarter, I pop by their house and say, hi, obviously, you know, they're going to get the, the standard birthday cards, Christmas cards, all that kind of stuff. But like being a part of their lives, some of them, like they have children and like, I'll go to their children's like sporting events and their dance recitals because I don't have kids of my own. And it's, it's kind of fun to just sit and watch these kids uh, grow up throughout the years as well. So it's, it's definitely a way that I have grown my business during the pandemic. I mean, you and I know it was pretty locked down, couldn't do a lot. And I just leaned on my sphere the best that I could and the people that I knew and was just like, Hey, and they, even though I'd only been in business, like two, two and a half years, they really carried me through. And I, I managed to maintain my business, but that also changed things. And it was like, okay, now what? Like, where, where can I find, where can I add another pillar? I can't do open houses. How am I like, I can't meet people. It's a little bit more difficult to meet people now. So what am I doing? So at that time I started pivoting, found a really cool website and found out that there was a lot of people moving up here from the Bay area. So I got on the social medias because we weren't doing anything else sitting mm -hmm. around drinking on the farm. And, um, I started like becoming friends with agents down in the Bay area. And the same thing with Spokane, because a lot of Portland people were moving from, um, a lot of people move from Portland to the Spokane area. They were in the last few years. So finding those connections. So if someone was going out and looking at houses in Spokane and I knew like a gal named Jill out there who was a realtor, she's like, Hey, I just met uh, Jim and Judy. They're out here to buy a house, but they don't have a realtor in Portland. They call me. Okay. Let's list their house. Like let's take care of them. So it was, I decided to pivot some of my business into agent to agent. So currently right now I would say 40% of my business is agent to agent referrals throughout the country. And then the other 60 is pretty much sphere of influence. 40%. Um, that's quite a bit. And that's such a good idea. If you have that in place, like if you uh, have a brokerage where you're nationwide and you can refer internally, that's always nice mm -hmm. to do. And, but even if you don't, you can just reach out on social media, find agents, vet them and build those relationships. And I've talked to somebody else actually for the podcast, not too long ago, who I, I think the majority of her business is from out of state referrals and just doing that like reciprocal referral. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of agents may not clue into, yeah. right? You know, it, I, I've never heard anybody talk about that until recently. And honestly, like, it's not, it's not for everyone. Um, a lot of what I do, like I'm a, I'm mostly a really social person, um, but I also like my time at home. And one thing that I've noticed as a real estate agent is it can be a really lonely business. It can be really lonely and finding once you find your tribe. So I switched brokerages about a year ago and it was, it was not anything to do with my previous brokerage. It just was a financial decision because I knew that the market was going to get tough. I knew I was going to have to invest more money into my business to find more business. 
And so I made the switch. I had a girlfriend that I had met on this wonderful app called Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you heard of it. Uh, Patricia, she's a, a little four foot 11 spitfire from Dallas, Texas. Her and I became very fast friends and we were friends for like two years. And then I was like, Patricia, I need to switch brokerages. Like, how, how do I do this? Like, tell me about your brokerage. And yeah, so I ended up switching and you know, the first few months, it was just kind of her and I and some people that she had kind of introduced me with to on Clubhouse. And I think a big bulk of my life changed because my brokerage is online. Mostly, I would say it started to change in about June, I changed in April, but like June, July, we had a meetup in Seattle with a bunch of agents. So I got to meet a bunch of people in Seattle that were from my brokerage kind of develop some friendships. But then I went to our convention in October down in San Antonio and my whole life changed. Everything about how I was doing my business, it just, it amplified exactly who I was and what I wanted to do and the direction I wanted to take my business. And it just, you know, these people that I met, they want to collaborate. They, they don't see you as competition. They want to succeed. I mean, like people send me stuff all the time. I'm like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. And they're like, Hey, do you want me to drop it in your Canva or like, give me your email. I'll send it to you. And you can just, uh, uh, replicate and dupe or duplicate and rip it off. Like, go ahead. Like we're not in the same market. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really helpful to see kind of what's on the front end of marketing and like, what's really starting to work. Like some of these people are R and Ding a bunch of stuff and they're like, Hey, this works. I was on a huge mastermind this morning. I think we had like 150 some people in it with my brokerage and they were talking about house tours and how this guy has amassed in a, like two years has amassed this amazing following in Calgary because of house tours and how much business he does now. And that's the only thing he posts on social media is house tours. And he's like known for it. He he has contracts with builders to go in and do the house tours where they pay him to do the house tours. Really? Yes. It was, it was amazing. And so I'm like, oh, like, is that something like I want to put in my business? Cause like, no one's really doing that here. Is that who I am? So it's just, it's, it's been a really big change. Um, as for business wise, you know, I was just kind of one of those gals. I didn't want a team. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to really build my business. I was, I was happy where I was with my work-life balance. A uh, few things changed with my financial situation with my mom and her disability. And so now I've actually had to this year, start gunning and start really uh, building my business. Um, I'm actually in the process of trying to hire an assistant. All right. Nice. That's great that you have the, the, you know, the volume to be at that point. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I need, I just need help with something like whether it's social media or whatever, they can be licensed unlicensed. So I'm just, I'm working through that right now. Um, also hiring a video editor. So. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about YouTube because I noticed that you and TikTok as well, you, you have some awesome videos on both and how has that affected your business? Yeah. So YouTube has been phenomenal for me. Um, and I didn't even want to do it. I didn't back in like December. I didn't even really know how to edit videos. I really didn't. It was like, I'd done a few things on iMovie on my phone and I was like, gosh, they're all, they're horrible. But one of the friends that I made through my brokerage, we kind of were accountability partners. And he's like, I think you should do this. I really think that you would be I think you would excel and I think it would be good for your area, like to, to become this like YouTube realtor. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, it took 14 weeks, consistently posting long form video on YouTube, 14 weeks for me to get my first call. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I mean, it's long, but also not that long, really. 
Oh, but I'll tell you without an accountability partner, I'd have quit maybe after like six or seven. I got to be really honest. I know who I am as a person. And I was just like, I mean, it's exhausting because you go out, you record the video. It's a couple hours to record the video. Make sure you have all the, all the stuff that you need Mm -hmm. and then come back. And if you don't know what you're doing, editing, you're, you're looking at, I mean, typically I was using an entire Saturday to just do one video. Mm-hmm. And about how long are your published videos when you say long form? In the in the beginning, they were somewhere between like four and ten minutes. Now they're probably close to between sixteen and twenty. Okay. Um, and I can do a sixteen to twenty minute video by myself, recorded and edited in probably about four and a half hours now. That's impressive. I mean, that's you know you learned quickly. Yes, um, but I hate doing it. <laughs> it's like always a chore to do it, but. Ultimately, it's it's really done well for my business. It's been another thing to add to my pillars, you know, between my sphere of influence and my agent to agent business. I had my first call was a relocation from Utah. And I just got an email today that their house is under contract in Utah and that they're coming out here and they in the next probably two weeks and we're going to write and purchase their house. Fantastic. That's exciting. So. But since then, you know, I've gotten just random emails, phone calls, and it's it's the the weird and coolest part about YouTube is like these people watch you. And so they get to know you mm-hmm. and they know your personality. They've seen you and then they call you or they text you and you're like, it is the weirdest converse. Like to start the conversation is so weird because it's like they know me, but I know nothing about them. I'm like, please tell me about you. <laughs> right. I met this wonderful woman from New York recently. And she's coming out here, I think next week. And, you know, she's looking to retire and whatever. And she's like, I've watched every single one of your videos. She's like, you're just just a doll. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I can't wait to meet you. (laughs) So she was just super fun. She knew exactly what she wanted. And um, we're going to get her what she wants out here. So I'm super, I'm I'm super ready to go. And it's been a fun you know, it's been fun because I've learned a lot more about my area, a lot more than I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, going I, I can imagine the- like going out and doing neighborhood videos or, you know, house tours. You you do, you see things that you wouldn't on a normal day. Like I work at home. I don't, I'm not out driving around looking at neighborhoods usually, you know, if I have a showing somewhere, of course I am, but just in my day to day, I'm not. Yeah. And so like there's, there's many a times. So whenever I will say that if anybody's going to do YouTube videos and you're going to record and you record people's houses, I actually, when I do the house tours for my YouTube, I don't go in them. I just stand outside and I talk about them because it, sometimes it's just, it's much easier than to get an appointment to get in or whatever. So I like roll up to a house and it could be occupied and I will like look both directions. <laughs> I always have a business card in my back pocket because they people are always staring and I've gotten confronted a bunch of times. Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you recording the house? And I'm like, I'm a real estate agent and I'm recording a promo video about this house. People like the, the owners, owners or like neighbors. They're like, what are you doing? Because afterwards I'll get in the car and I'll drive around the neighborhood and I'll take a video of the neighborhood too. So you'll like see me holding my phone like out the window as I'm driving through the neighborhood and they're like, people will be outside washing their cars and they'll just stare. They're like, why is she recording? And if anybody <laughs> says anything, I'm like, I have, you know, I'm a realtor. I have clients looking to move here. And so they want to see what the neighborhoods look like. 
yeah. And you can prove who you are. So that's good. It's not like a creeper who's just casing the neighborhood for, you know, vacant homes or, or anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it, I mean, there's been some questionable moments. It's <laughs> just like, hey, sorry, my bad. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> so on the system side of things, um, do you have a favorite CRM or software or a Google sheet or whatever? How do you keep yourself organized on that side? Um, well, my brokerage, that was another big part of my switch for my brokerages as well, was that I was looking for a very specific CRM. Um, I had went through and done the, the research on everything and decided that the one I wanted was Chime because oh, of just what it could do, what it was capable of doing, all the, all the ins and outs. And honestly, like if you're not, if your brokerage doesn't have a deal, it can be like $250 a month. Okay. I was like, mm, it's not worth $250 a month to me. But so my brokerage has a good deal and we get a lot of extras through there, some like AI systems and stuff. And it's really nice that, you know, you can make sure that someone's always right there to contact someone if you're say in an appointment, because it's very important that if someone contacts you, you, what is it? You have four to seven minutes to get a hold of them before you, they've moved on to something else or someone else. Absolutely. So, Speed to lead. Always. Yeah. If you're, if you're in an, a, a listing appointment or you're showing a house and you can't answer the phone, it's just always nice to have the CRM kind of there to take care of you when you, when you need it, especially like at least email and text wise. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's been a real lifesaver. Other than that, like I'm kind of the gal that doesn't like, I run a really tight P and L and don't really spend a lot of money on a lot of different things. Um, I try to use different websites that are free. Um, I think there's maybe five or six subscription sites that I have. Like, obviously one is, um, cloud CMA because everybody needs that because I just cannot use the RMLS CMA system. <laughs> it's really pretty. Um, that and Canva and my CRM. And I think, oh, and my video editing software is like 10 bucks a month. So what do you like to use for video editing? Um, I use Adobe uh, Rush. Okay. And it's really simple. It's really similar to iMovie, but it's like the Adobe side of product. Um, other people that I've talked to as well, and I've thought about making the switch, but um, I guess the CapCut disc, uh, de desktop version is really good. I have heard that as well. I haven't looked into that yet, but um, somebody mentioned that to me the other day and I hadn't, I'm like totally new to the whole thing. So everything sounds, I mean, I know of iMovie, I have that, but I don't know how to use it. <laughs> There's all these other things. I'm like, I need the kindergarten version of whatever editing software is like breaks it down that simply because. Yeah. And honestly, like if you can get to the point pretty quickly, or honestly, if you can afford it and you can just go to Fiverr and use like, say like Fiverr or Upwork or something like that to hire somebody, it's really worth it. Um, I'm in the process of doing that too. And so I've got, you know, and that's another thing that I've learned through my, through my um, brokerage and my masterminds and the, the other seminars and stuff that I've taught or that I've attended is they're like, Hey, like, you know, use, go on there, find four editors that you, that you think you like, pay all four of them to edit the same video, see which one you like the best. And then, you know, stick with that person, like spend the two, three, $400 on the front end to find the one that you like, that's going to do the, to do everything that you need, make sure that it has the flow that you need and then just go for it. So um, I think that's a really good idea because you could spend a lot of time going one at a time through people and not being happy. And then, you know, you could be 10 mm -hmm. people deep at some, you know, it's like, 
might as well just do it, do a, like a group style unbeknownst yep. to them. Right. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I want to see how this, cause then it's, it's apples to apples comparison on the video to sure. see they're, they're all editing the same video. And I say, here's my link to YouTube. Here's the sample of the, the style of that video that what it should look like. Have at it. Mm, I think that's and, a good idea. Yeah. So it's, it's, proven to be interesting um some of you know other things like some of them do unlimited like editing and touch-ups and like you know re re uh revisions some of them don't mm. so you got to read the fine print when you're hiring your editor good to know that is really good to know what would you say is there anything that you're trying to improve on or that you're struggling with at the moment like if you had a magic wand and you could just you know wiggle your nose and fix something or change it what would it be well, I, I mean, you can never add more time to your day. I would really Where like that. I don't know. I wish this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I wish Oregon only had one set of forms. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yes, I hear you. Been, that's been a nightmare the past couple of weeks. People I have not run into anybody using the new forms yet so mm -hmm. far. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we get we start on one forms and then people were countering on it on the other set of forms. I'm like, oh, you need no. to oh my gosh, my 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 PV was like, we had our our Oregon wide meeting today and he was talking about that and I was like, oh gosh, I'm like, well, I, I think like they say they're saying like to whoever the listing agent is should put a note in the private remarks for the form preference and that the yeah. buyer's agents should theoretically adhere to that. But what if they don't want to? I mean, I haven't run across it yet, but I'm sure that's going to be happening. Yeah, it's going to start. Um, so, I mean, I wish they would have done, I know why they have two sets of forms. I get it. But now like I know those and I have Washington forms. It's just like, it's been, it's been a lot to understand like forms and with the two States, I, sometimes They're I wish very different. they were much more similar. I really disliked the Washington forms for a long time. And now I seem to like them more than I like the Oregon <laughs> ones. I guess it's all what you're used to, right? I had one, um, instance where I was looking at Washington forms for somebody I was helping out. And I was just like, oh no, oh, no. I can't, I can't hang with. <laughs> so, so for people that are unfamiliar um, the, between either set of forms, but the Oregon forms, like if you're, if you're doing something like if it's septic system, they're like, oh, if you check this box and it says you have a septic system it literally right next to it tells you which addendum you need to add mm -hmm. in Washington. There's nothing. You have no idea. Like your purchase and sale agreement is six pages. And then there's a whole box area where you have to add in every single addendum, which is like typical ones are the financing addendum, the optional items addendum, maybe septic, um, inspection, title. Like you have to, you have to know which ones to add. There's no like, there's no like, hey, add this one, this one, this one, this one. Or if you're going to check this box, you need this one. Like, mm -mm. I think that's interesting because a lot of people do business in both states and you would think that at some point they would have all gotten together and went to the forms people and said, Hey, what can we do about this situation? I mean, and you know, laws are different in each state. So I understand why there's different sets of forms. It's just like, I wish there was just a little bit of similarity. <laughs> that would make life a little bit easier for sure really not close either. So um, other than that, um, I wish that all of our education was reciprocal between the two states because mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun too, doing like 60 hours for both states all the time. That's a long haul. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like sorry, your, your Oregon, whatever class doesn't work for Washington. I'm like, cool. I'm like, whatever. Oh. <laughs> what do you like to do outside of real estate? What are your hobbies? 
um hobbies I mean, obviously well, you're on the farm so I'm guessing that there's you know farm hobbies involved but yeah um I really really like gardening whether it's flower gardening or vegetable gardening um I grew up doing it with my mom and there's just something so therapeutic about like hands in the dirt and so it's really funny um my friends make fun of me because I never like all the all the all my girlfriends they all have the fake nails and like all the I'm like I'm like um oh, like I chew mine off and <laughs> I rarely ever wear like my real wedding ring because it's just gonna get full of dirt so I have this little rubber band that I wear pretty much so I like doing that um, obviously renovating homes we are finishing our house we have started the final push um, and gutted the final bathroom downstairs we're gonna do that the laundry room and the kitchen and then we have 1,200 square feet of flooring to do in the main level. And we'll be done. So our probably that's going to be most our summer. I think. I think we've decided to just buckle down and get it done because um, mm -hmm. it's been like three years. Other than that, I love hiking. I absolutely love camping. We have um, a almost decked out camper van. So we bought oh, a fun. we bought a Ram Promaster twenty five hundred like empty shell. And my since my husband's like, well, if we renovate houses, we can build out a van. I was like, cool, have fun. Plenty of YouTubes for that too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we've got that. We did a trip to Montana in the fall last year and it was, it was like two weeks to Montana and back and got to see where they film Yellowstone and we went to wow. National Park. And so I just, I really love to travel and see places. Um, now that we've got the van and we've got our dog, we can just pretty much go anywhere. Um, and we're looking forward to a few more trips this year. We're going to probably stay closer to home. Uh, explore some of uh, Central Oregon and Bend and the Cascades. So, I, I know you said you're looking for an assistant at the moment, but do you have a local broker that can kind of help you out with your clients if needed while you travel, or do you sort of block out, you know, a year in advance, a month to take off, or how do you manage that portion? The best that I can. Um, <laughs> as as a realtor, our phones are never off. Um, I don't really ever take any time off. Even if I go out of town, I've got my phone and my laptop with me because um, I always want to be there and make sure that I'm taking care of my clients. And honestly, like, what's the best way to generate business? Go on vacation. Yeah, like, everybody definitely. says, like, go on everybody vacation. will be calling. Yep. So, um, you know, typically I set boundaries and like expectations with my clients, like, hey, I'm going to be out of town this weekend. If you need something, shoot me an email or shoot me a text message. I might be out of service. I'm going to check my phone twice a day or whatever. Like I set very, very um, responsible and easy to attain for me if we're doing something, um, expectations. And just so they know that I'm still there, I'm still available. And then I've got, I've got agents in both states that if I was in a bind, I could call them and be like, hey, can you open a door for me? Or, hey, can you like, can you please go to this inspection for me or whatnot? So that's the other half of my agent to agent business is just developing these good relationships. Because if, you know, if they call me, I'm like, hey, call me. Like if you're going out of town and you need something and your client needs something, call me. That's fine. Like I will get it done for you. Like, because you're going to do it for me. I'm going to do it for you. And it's, yeah, I think it's important yeah. to have that, that support network. If, if you're not part of a team, if you're a solo agent, right, you still need to have those people. And, and vice versa, right? You reciprocal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and like in the beginning, I used to see where like people, agents that like veteran agents, they would just pay someone to go open a door or pay someone to do something like that. But like I had a gal that two other gals that I used to work with a lot at my last brokerage and like 
one of them was like, I'm having a baby and I would like to take four months off. And would you, you know, would you two help me, you know, maintain my business while I keep going? I was like, yeah, I'm like, I won't make your phone calls or do any of that stuff for you. But like, if you've got clients that want to see houses, if you want listings, like, like, sure. And so we worked together and worked out, you know, obviously a comp compensation deal, but we helped each other through that because, you know, she wanted to be a mom and she wanted to have a baby. And I'm like, of course, do it, have fun. And let me know, like, if you need more time or if you want to come back sooner, like whatever, like we'll just work it out. And so it was nice to have these like really collaborative women that just want to support each other and whatnot. I know one of them saved my bum because I had clients that I had clients that were like, um, well, um, we're going to look in the spring. This is in the fall. We're going to look in the spring, not worry about it. Of course, as soon as I about to get on a plane to leave for 10 days, they're like, we found our dream. Oh no, <laughs> of course. I'm like, I'm at the PDX. And this is like nine o'clock at 9.30 at night because I'm flying red-eye to Minneapolis. Uh, uh, and I'm like, um, uh, there's an open house tomorrow. Are you going to go see it? And they're like, oh, there's an open house. I'm like, yes, please go. And then they're like, um, well, we'd like to write an offer. And I was like, okay. So I write the offer from Minnesota. And then they're like, we got, we got it. And then they're like, okay, like inspection. And I was like, hey. And so I called up my girlfriend. I was like, hey, Heather, I'm like, you go sit at the inspection at this house maybe on this day please <laughs> so it was it was just really nice to you know when go on vacation comes out of left field every single time but these women had my back and it's just it's it's nice to have it is I think it's really important I have a, a good group of lady broker friends that are all we're all at different brokerages you know and at a certain point in time a couple of us were together at one brokerage and then um the other ones weren't and now there's like we're all four at different places. Mm -hmm. We used to meet monthly and we actually haven't um, picked that up in 2023 and we want to get back to that, but it's so much fun to have them and talk about everything work-related, even though we're at different companies, you know, there's still so many things that we can talk about. And, and I do have that support if I need it, you know, I'm, I'm with a brokerage now where there's plenty of others from my brokerage that I can also have helped me, but I've got, yeah. th these ladies are my friends, you know, yeah. as well as colleagues. So it's like, they, they, they not only understand you as a realtor, because there's just so much like about being a realtor. And like, that's kind of how the whole clubhouse and like thing was for me mm -hmm. is we had this room called real estate therapy. We, it was about <laughs> six o'clock every night we'd get on there and literally everybody's just drinking and complaining <laughs> about the same telling dumb stories. And like, it was, we all bonded it was like trauma bonding as a group. There's probably like, like tw good 20 of us that were on there almost every night. Uh -huh. I mean, and they're from all, every brokerage all over the country. I mean, I had, I had people that I talked to all over the country, but that having that camaraderie, like people that understand, cause real estate is not, it's lonely and it's not easy. No, it's not. And, and I think, um, clients sometimes think that it is, or that, you know, we're overpaid for, for what we do, but they don't know the full, they definitely, you know, they only see mm -hmm. like one tenth of it. Yeah. And I've had some clients that have said that at the end of the conversation, like at the end of the transaction, like, oh, like you were overpaid or whatever. And I was like, I was like, do you want to, do you want to get, I go, do you want to get dinner? I will buy. Do you want to get dinner? And I will tell you exactly how the transaction went. The parts you didn't see. Right. The parts that I protected you from. And <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm pretty open. Like I won't bring it up during the transaction, but like, if people want to know afterwards, if there was any like really bad stuff, I mean, I've had, I've had agents like scream and cuss at me 
and like hang up the phone on me. Like we're in contract with them and they're Mm -hmm. like screaming at me and I'm like, Hmm. I never understand that sort of aggressiveness. I just don't think it's necessary, but I have encountered it as well once or twice, luckily not a huge amount, but it does happen. And it is hard sometimes like to keep your mouth shut. You know, it's like, you want to say, Oh my gosh, you'll never believe, but you know, yeah, I had her on speakerphone and my husband was sitting next to me on the couch and he was like in shock that I wasn't saying anything back to her because he knows me pretty well. And I was like, Nope. I'm like, because the thing is, is like, Buying and selling residential real estate is very emotional Mm -hmm. for the buyers and the sellers, but for the agents, it absolutely should not be because it's not our transaction. We are here to guide them and we are here to work with them and to get them from point A to point B, like they asked us to. Our emotions should not be in any part of that. And, you know, I have to remind myself too, I get emotionally invested as well sometimes, especially with first time home buyers, Mm -hmm. because I get so excited and happy for them. But, you know, having to dial that back and, you know, getting yelled at, I'm like, I, I told the woman, I was just like, um, okay. I was like, this is about our clients, not about us. It's a little emotional. So I'm going to let you go. And you can call me back in a few hours after we've both kind of simmered yep. and we can rediscuss this. And she called me back in a couple hours. I didn't ever get an apology, but she was, she was definitely more calm. So it was great. It's interesting when you, when you put in that, like, Hey, why don't we pick this up later after you've had a chance to calm down? <laughs> the tune changes a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. It's interesting. I just feel like, you know, there's a better way to handle it always. And honestly, it is about the clients, but also we need things from each other as co-op agents throughout the transaction. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes at me with that sort of an attitude, how do they think I'm going to react to what they need? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you got to think about it all the way through. Yeah. And you know, I think I had, if I remember correctly, I had just gone through uh, the real estate negotiation expert training class. It's like a three-day intensive online. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just gone through that. And I was like, okay, nope, don't engage. Do not engage. Absolutely <laughs> do not engage because you're going to lose the negotiations. Like just do not. And I was telling myself that. And honestly, that class was, it was good. I mean, not cheap, but like, it was a good class to like really think about negotiating and just how you talk to people and it it's worked wonders in my marriage. So that's on my list to do. I (laughs) took one, I did take a negotiations class last year during my continuing ed, but it, I I can't remember what, I think it was pro schools or something, but anyway, it wasn't very good. And literally it looked like it was from 1984. (laughs) And I just was like, okay, so I'm going to now need to go take another one. That's the real deal to get that, you know, yeah. I mean, like I have the CNE uh, designation or whatever, because cool, we all like designations. Um, I I really want to take the second level of the class. Um, and I kind of took the first level mostly because it was COVID and I didn't really have too much else to do. So it's like, I just sit and do an online course for three days. Sure. Well, I think that's one of the best ones we can do as agents, really. I mean, that's like the heart of our business is being able to negotiate for our clients' needs. So mm-hmm. we can't do that. That's a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. You're completely right on the problem. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share or any advice that you would give to say a new agent or an agent that's struggling to get enough business? Uh, Like what are your best golden nuggets? 
the the business doesn't come overnight and they're not kidding when they say you got to make your phone calls like there is a formula to it i 100 um i'm behind that because i didn't used to make all the phone calls but then i started making the phone calls and the business started coming you got to fill the funnel and just keep pushing and keep a positive attitude it will come if you work for it just just keep going because it's it's there's a lot of people out there that need help to, and they're looking for you to guide them and not everybody, you know, vibes with everybody and that's fine, but there's people out there for every single person. So just keep on going and you can do it for sure. <laughs> good. I tell my um, newer clients or people that I'm talking to about potentially working with that um, I always encourage them to, you know, interview multiple agents because when it comes down to it, I tell them, you know, if assume all the experience across the board is equal, it's never going to be equal, but let's just pretend like it is. Who do you want to spend time with? Mm -hmm. It's like a second relationship really for that condensed amount of time, whether it's two months or six months or eight months or whatever it is, it really is another relationship. And who do you feel comfortable with? Who do you communicate with? Who do you vibe with? That's what it's going to come down to. And it can be more than that. I mean, my most recent close on Friday, um, the, the gentleman and I had been looking for a house for 18 months. 18 months. Oh my, that's it. But we had only looked at like five or six houses. He mm. was out of town quite a bit. Um, he traveled a lot. Um, and one day I just saw this house pop on the market in Camas and I was like, I'm like, are you home? Because I, I didn't know it's the winter. He loves to ski. And I was like, are you home? I found the perfect house. Like, this is the one. And he's like, I'll be home on Wednesday. And I sent it to him and he got home and we immediately went and saw it. We immediately wrote an offer and we closed it on Friday and he was just super stoked. But like the, the persistence and the, the the sticking sticking with it and the consistency, like you have to do Absolutely. that because um, real estate isn't an overnight thing. You're not gonna be selling 30, 40 transactions a year on your first year. I mean, some people do, but realistically, I think, what is it like the average agent does about, six or seven transactions a year, mm -hmm. like nationally, I think it is. So, I mean, yeah, we've got a higher price point than some of the people in the Midwest and whatever and whatnot, but um, six or seven is still a, you know, a good amount. It's not a little, it's not a lot. And you have to keep in mind, you know, what is your work-life balance look like? Yes, for sure. And that can be hard to do, but it, it's also necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, just, just being persistent and just, just working on it like that. I, I honestly didn't think I'd ever find a house. <laughs> I just kept going. I was like, whatever. I just kept looking. I just kept getting stuff on my phone. Like the alerts, every time a cool house popped up, I was like, what do you think about this one? <laughs> and he ghost, he ghosted me for a solid four months, like didn't Ooh. answer his call or text message for like four months. And I was like, mm -hmm, whatever, just keep going. Like uh -huh. just reaching out. Like I knew he didn't, it wasn't that he didn't like me. I just, I knew that he was like doing other things or whatever. And, you know, it's not all about talking about real estate either. I know that he is very, I mean, we're really good friends now and he is very into hanging out and taking care of his mom and she's very important in his life. So obviously every time I talk to him, how's your mom? Yep. Like I care, like I care. And I was like, you know, he was out of town. He, she was having a problem. I'm like, is there something like, is there someone I can send? Like, I know you don't have any siblings close by or like, and I don't, she doesn't look close either. I was like, is there, you're out of the country. Like, is there something I can help you with? Cause this, this person has become a friend of mine too. 
Mm -hmm. So it's, it's caring about these people as well. It just, it, that definitely generates a lot more help. And he's like, okay, I've got, you know, he told me, he's like, I got two friends that need to relocate from Portland to, to Vancouver. Let's go. Here they are. And like, we are, we're all going to go get dinner. Nice. So That's it's what we all strive for. And it, it does, it comes down to building those real relationships, not just the mm -hmm. superficial, you know, and, and the more time you spend with somebody, it, it tends to develop naturally anyway, not like you're forcing, you know, or being a faux friend, trying yeah. to pretend like you're their friend just to get their business. You know, it, it's like you spend so much time with people that I think it's natural to, to get to that level. Do you ever have, and I have to ask you this because I ask a lot of people this, do you ever have, um, if you spend some, a good amount of time with someone, do you ever kind of have withdrawals after they close their property? I do. Um, I check <laughs> on them a lot at like, especially, you know, the first month or two. Oh yeah. Same, but like, and, you then, still have and then it sort of tapers off, but I, I always think about them. And like, if I drive by or, or even just drive by in that neighborhood, you know, of course I'm thinking of them and I'll, I usually send them a text or something and be like, Hey, I was just in your area thinking about you. Hope you're doing well or whatever. But, um, I always want, you know, them to come back around and I've been lucky enough to have several repeat clients. Um, mm -hmm. in my time, I've been doing this for about six years and I always love that. And I'm like, let's go do this again next year. <laughs> yeah. I've got some clients that just closed in Milwaukee and I really enjoyed them. And I really enjoyed showing them houses. Like we always had fun and they always took me to like the weirdest houses. Like I always <laughs> had like these cool little, like weird things about them. And so when I've been previewing houses now with other, with other clients, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, this house isn't as fun or like, they, it, you know, it's just, it was just kind of that vibe. And so like I call and I check on them and they're going to have a housewarming party. I'm going to go to it and help them out. But it's ultimately, you just get so used to like being with people for like a good solid, like month, 45, 60 days. You're like, they're in your life almost every day for like 60 days. And then they kind of taper off and you're like, mm -hmm. always <laughs> good reasons to go back and visit again. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if any agents that are listening to this podcast want to reach out and talk to you, what's the best way to reach you? Um, just about any of the socials. You can find me, uh, at realtor cast. It's C A S one S, um, everything from Facebook to Instagram. My TikTok is, eh, it's okay. I thought um, it was quite fun. I looked at it and I, I got some laughs from it. Yeah. Uh, me sliding down my driveway. That was probably my favorite one, <laughs> you know, YouTube, whatever, just reach out to me there. Um, you can always give me a, a call if you want 503-884-2387. I am available. I love to help people. I love to help agents. Um, if they've got questions, whether it's just about social media or if it's about, you know, just real estate in general, I really do enjoy helping not only clients, but, um, other realtors as well. Well, that's awesome. It's it's nice to have a collaborative spirit, even outside of our own companies, right? We're not, I mean, there's, there's enough real estate. Like I'm not, I'm not fighting. I mean, I might go to listing appointments against the same, like three or four people, <laughs> but we all know each other. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I got this one today. <laughs> so. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. And I hope our listeners enjoy your episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Maureen. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect and make this happen.